When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Anne Marie Cross. Before we go into today's podcast interview, I wanted to just share that this is actually a show that I recorded on behalf of one of my clients, the Smart Connect podcast, and we spoke about the topic of how Google ranks a brand online. And the information that our guest shared was just so interesting. I thought, you know what, I've got to share it with my audience on the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. So without any further ado, let's listen to today's show, which is episode 202A. I'm slotting it in between 202 and 203 which we'll release next week so hope you enjoy the show you're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast the voice for entrepreneurs and small business now onto the show welcome to smart connect podcast the podcast for small to medium-sized enterprises Join your host, Anne-Marie Cross, as she interviews business experts and industry thought leaders on best practice initiatives, innovation, and insights to help you grow your business. Now, over to your host. Welcome to Smart Connect Podcast, episode four, featuring business experts and industry thought leaders to help you effectively navigate a constantly changing and disruptive marketplace. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. According to my guest today, there are over 200 signals that Google looks for to rank a brand online. And most SEO companies will tell you about 10 and act on about 5. No wonder our websites are not getting found online. We're not only trying to compete against all the noise and clutter online, but we also need to take into consideration Google's 200 signals to be found. Joining me on today's show to help us take the confusion out of SEO is Ian Hopkinson, musician turned entrepreneur, Ian is a digital strategist with expert knowledge from development through social media to SEO and analytics. He is the founder and head of results at digital marketing agency, Mad Scientist Digital. In addition to growing his business, he's heavily engaged in local startup community, as well as the director of the Melbourne chapter of the Founder Institute. And on today's show, Ian is going to share the philosophy of SEO and what's really important. So make sure you grab a pen and paper, take all the notes down, the three key areas of SEO explained, as well as optimized content is queen, links are king. So welcome to the show, Ian. Thanks for having me, Anne-Marie. SEO is one of those topics that we don't even really know where to start. So thank you so much for, for coming on the show and explaining to us in detail. But thinking that Google monitors 200 different uh, signals. That is really something else, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty amazing. There's actually more, probably more than that now, but obviously it's changing all the time with each each algorithm change. And there's Mm -hmm. been about, there's about 500 algorithm changes in a year, like small ones. Wow. And in the the past year, there's probably been about six or seven major ones. Mm -hmm. So course all about keeping the the bad stuff out of out of our search results 
And what's really interesting, if you think that keeping up with business, businesses in our own industry is, is something that we're all trying to do. But then again, when we're looking at getting found online and there's so much competition, to think that someone like yourself, you keep up to date, you're able to support us in uh, knowing what to do and of course what not to do. Because some of the things that were once accepted and things that we needed to do could almost overnight be something that really um, it, it's it's negative for what we're doing isn't it it negates everything that we we do yeah and it's interesting sort of wrestle I suppose with understanding the difference between what Google says and what Google does mm-hmm. they're obviously a company that has to make a profit therefore they don't want to be giving too much away as to, to what their tactics are and so there's a lot of testing that we do as a company Um, our R&D is really sort of a not get any sleep type deal at the moment just to be able to to okay listen to what Google's got to say about where they're headed and then you know let's let's obviously observe the clients that we're working with and on our other various websites test you know some of our hypotheses there yeah it's pretty much a non-stop R&D process as you can imagine Oh, absolutely. Well, let's dive in. I know you've got lots to share. So the philosophy of SEO and what's really important. First thing really to remember, which is which is a great thing, is that Google really encourages brand marketing now. And of course, there's lots of different terms that get thrown around for, for brand or for, you know, digital marketing or, mm-hmm. you know, the way the way we promote ourselves online. But they really want businesses to embrace their brand purpose and everything that comes along with that. So the look and feel, thought leadership, your reputation, your engagement with your with your market, the partnerships. And of course they want you to be a media driven organization, you know, to so to be to be writing content and, and making videos and providing an education to your market. And so if you look back to what Google was doing, and you might want to kind of think about um, some of your clients or even what you're seeing other businesses continuing to do, which is quite different to the approach now that Google is recommending when you've just mentioned these things. What are some key areas that you find businesses are still lacking when it comes to doing a lot of these things that you just mentioned? First of all, the techies call both the new approach to crawling websites semantic SEO. Mm-hmm. This has been a term that's been thrown around for many, many years now. But essentially what that means is Google's not crawling your site and your online profiles for specific words. Um, it's smarter than that now. It's looking for you know topics. It's looking for you know different uh, media materials that will essentially the user get a relevant search. Mm -hmm. We've transitioned from tricks of putting up the right words in the right order and in the right places to look, be a natural brand that is doing the right things by your your purpose. And all these other materials should be supportive to that. And Mm -hmm. Google is moving towards getting smarter to understand really how to rank the businesses, really how they deserve to be ranked. I'd imagine too, if a company does spend time in developing quality content that their ideal readers, their their ideal clients are really looking for, and then they stay longer on the site to read, to watch, to listen, is that also ranked too? Because you would imagine that if someone stays on a site for longer, that means they're interested in the content that's being displayed and, and shown, yes or no? Yeah, no, definitely. And and actually, one of the things that Google does, of course, being a data organization is encourage people to use their free tools, such as 
make sure that you have Google Analytics on your website. A lot of people don't realize is that Google actually uses that data to see if you're providing a good user experience. So people are staying longer on the site and you've got a, a low bounce rate, so they're not going to a particular page and, and, and leaving straight away because it's not quality. Mm. Google knows that. And, and it's quite logical, really, when you think about it. Why wouldn't they use the data that they're collecting from you? And they are providing you a free service. Um, and that's really Google's business model or has, has been all the way through. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the free tools that Google has. Google Analytics, I think, is one that many of us are familiar with. But just for some of the other tools that you know are really helpful for businesses, what are some other tools from Google that you recommend we also uh, familiarise ourselves with? Well, there's one that used to be called Webmaster Tools, which is called Google Search Console now. That's an incredible dashboard. It's, it's really the Google Analytics. It's really the, the sort of the techies version of Google Analytics. So it, it provides all of the organic data. So the keywords that you're being found for, your clicks and your impressions and, and all those extra bits that specifically about organic and the maintenance of your website. So it'll tell you if you've got 404s, pages that aren't found, if you need to do any redirects, all that sort of thing. And this is this is also an important part of ranking well is to have good website maintenance. Um, there's a number of other tools as well, but they're probably a little bit getting into the more the more geeky stuff. That's probably for another program. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but you definitely <laughs> recommend that uh, we look at the console, the Google search console, as you called it. Yeah, definitely. That's something that we is part of our process for every client. That's that's how we provide the data on how their their search campaigns are going. Mm -hmm. We also really encourage you know web developers to to make this part of their process when they're putting a website up online because it it really is an interesting conversation that occurs when a website and this is you know going to your question earlier. There's a lot of businesses that just put a website up now and it's they've still got this build it and they will come mentality, which is yeah. which is very 90s when, when anyone could put up a website and have lots of traffic come to it. We're in a very crowded marketplace now and it's, it's got to be a well thought out strategy to get yourself positioned online appropriately. And I'd imagine also too that some of businesses find that uh, their market shifts so that they may shift in their direction or the topics and areas that they're expert in, expertise in. You think of all of the content that is out there, even older content, I mean that kind of thing can detract or, or lessen your overall profile too, I, I, I would imagine, yes? Yeah, so the big kind of thing that Google is looking for is the, really the crux of your your web presence mm. and be that your website or any of your off-page profiles and we'll, we'll cover that a bit later. The big deal is trust. Google wants to provide not only a relevant search to the user but a trusted result and if a website has quality content and it has links going to that content then then Google's very happy will be very happy in, with that um, mm. site and will trust it and therefore will actually give it more prominence in search. So that's given us an overall view. Let's dive into the three key areas of SEO explained. There's probably more than three, but just to keep it simple, there's mm -hmm. what we call on-page or what some people call on-site SEO, which is really the foundational stuff on your actual website itself. So making sure that the website actually aligns with all of your marketing goals and who you're targeting. So that really goes to um, how the pages are set up as far as the content they've got on there, the titles, the descriptions, how the pages are connected, the images you've got there, any video that's embedded, 
that basically being properly optimized according to a, a keyword focus, if you like. This is probably one of the most important points I can make to anyone about SEO at the moment. On-page SEO often gets left. It often gets forgotten. Quite a lot of our clients who have been doing SEO for years come to us for us to do an audit and their on-page SEO hasn't been done. Mm -hmm. Whoever's been doing their SEO has skipped all of that and gone to the second stage, which to me is really flabbergasting because it's a little bit like starting out you know, with the roof and not actually building any walls or foundation on the yeah. house. Yeah. Wow. And so starting off, as you said, on, on page, on, on site, another word or phrase for that, being that it aligns with the topic and this is where you would use the, the keyword focus. So in other words, if you were talking about, well, let's say, for instance, we're writing an article on SEO, that means that um, the images or the videos or anything else that's mentioned does somewhere have links and, and keywords that focuses on the term SEO. Is that right? Do I Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, so there's, they're the basics of it. You would make sure that there's essentially what we call an, an alignment there. It makes sense as far as, you know, the title, the URL, you know, the opening paragraph, the subsequent content after that. It all has to be focused around the topic area. And again, we're not talking about stacking articles with keywords or sort of over-SEOing anything. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about very basic um, stuff. And of course, there's the, the user-facing stuff and then there's the Google-facing stuff. So there's there's the content on the page. Some people who've been in the back of their website might have seen the little title tag description area, the meta description area, sort of the Google, what we call the Google facing stuff that your, your SEO person really needs to, to dig into. And there's a lot written online about the relevance of that anymore. You know, there's lots of articles about, oh, that doesn't matter anymore. As long as you've got good content, then content is king. You, you know, you're gold. Got to be optimized content. You can't just have content sitting there. Um, because Google will then basically take the first paragraph or bits of that page and guess what that article or that website is about. So, so this is where SEO people come in. They, there are a set of Google guidelines uh, that they provide to webmasters to optimize your site, and that's essentially what we follow as we go through that that Google facing uh, stuff in the background. So you could have the best article with great content that your ideal client wants to know about, but if it's not incorporating some of these key things that you just mentioned, it may never get found. It may by luck, if you've got a, a trusted site that's mm -hmm. been around for a long time, there's some other factors there, but no, essentially you won't be found relevantly for that article. And if you think about when you do a search and you've got um, a list of search results in front of you, those short descriptions, they should be they should be a nice summary as well. That you should read that description and get a good idea of what's on that page. And if you do and it's relevant to what you want, then you'll click on that search. So there's there's conversion implications as well as mm. to those descriptions. Quite often what you see is, you know, the first phrase of the paragraph and then dot dot dot. And that doesn't really give an insight into the, what the overall article is about. That's right. I mean, it's like picking up a book. You go to the back cover or, you you know, you read and if there's not much there, I mean, you're going to go, well, I'm not going to bother reading that one. You put it back on the shelf. That's right. It's it, You've got that two or three seconds to grab someone and we know how quickly we refine our search if we don't get the right thing. Yeah, <laughs> we, absolutely. You know, oh, I've got to go back and put, you know, Melbourne or Sydney in that one or I've got to put, 
put an extra word in or it's funny then then, then we, we tend to blame Google and say oh that wasn't very relevant was it but it's a it's a two-way street yes you know, Google has has a pretty hard job when you think about how much there is to of the world's information to organize they really do rely on us to to set up the website accordingly and on, on top of that I mean there's this is probably a whole other program but there's there's probably about 20 to 25 ways to search for things as well. Mm-hmm. We complain about the tool, but we don't really know how to use it. There's a number of different ways, and I'm actually working on a book about that at the moment, that you can use the search engine. So rather than everybody saying, oh, Google, get your act together, or webmasters, get your act together, as users of the search engine, why don't we learn more about how to use it properly? Exactly. It's like <laughs> the driver's blaming the car, you know. Oh, I don't know how it ended up in the ditch. Oh, maybe we need to look at the driver of uh, the vehicle. As you know, everything that we're speaking about today, we can really dive deeply in, into the topic. But uh, let's talk about the second key area of SEO Explained. So the second key area is really what we call the off-page SEO, and that is everything that's off, not on your website itself. Um, this would actually include the third component, which I'll get to as well, but I separated that out because it's quite a big, a big area, and that's the local SEO. So all of our social media engagements, for instance, is now taken into account as to how active we are as a brand online. So it's important to think about, as an example, say your presence on Twitter ties in with your overall brand marketing approach. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah, so something probably around about the end of 2014, Google had, and this is a great example really, of sort of Google had a, a bit of a falling out with Twitter there for a while and actually took Twitter out of search. So uh, there was a bit of a tussle going on there between the companies for a while. But around about the end of 2014, I noticed that Twitter had showed up again in search and what they were doing was indexing every single tweet. Hmm. So you can imagine if Google can index your tweet, then make it a good one and because you could actually be found for that particular tweet depending on a whole range of factors. So what have we started to do with our clients is, is talk about, okay, well, if we've got this set of keywords that we're focused on on your website, let's focus on those keywords in hashtags on Twitter. So again, around subject area, if you want to be known for that, particular as an expert in that particular field and it might be you know plus size clothing for instance mm-hmm. let's use hashtag plus size clothing on your Twitter account and the interesting thing is that not long after that Facebook then started using hashtags and as we know a lot of the other social media platforms use hashtags now there's a lot more to the off-page you know keyword strategy and, and that that work that we do then you would really think about it. Once you start getting into it, it's quite logical really that Google would check those factors for relevance too. Isn't it amazing how, I mean, many years ago, a lot of the companies and businesses that I was um, speaking with would often say, oh, social media, no, a fad. Well, look at where we are now. But to think that our online digital footprint, you know, the, the, the keywords that we share, the content that we share can impact positively or even detract, depending on what we're sharing, um, the brand and, and uh, what we are getting found for. So really, I can see how many, many companies are confused about all this because not only you know SEO but then we're looking at social and how we're sharing it really 
Companies these days need to sit back and really plan a great strategy that incorporates all of these key areas because if one area lets them down, for instance, if they've got a great website, they're doing lots of SEO, but they're neglecting any of the other tools, the social media tools, that could be negatively impacting how they're found, particularly if they really want to become an influential voice uh, and platform for that particular topic, their area of expertise, yes? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think gone is the day where you can just, you know, and, and, and I used to experience this with clients of, you know, about six years ago when everyone was trying to work out what to do on Facebook as a business. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How do we create? How do we create a fan page? You know, there's all these sorts of questions, and of course, mm -hmm. what occurred was people were just getting involved without any particular plan whatsoever, and there's still, you know, quite a range range of those businesses who businesses who got on Facebook back then who aren't really active. And I suppose the the key is if you are going to be, um, you know, a consistent brand online, then that's not only what platforms do you get involved in, but what do you do there and how consistent are you? Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, getting some sort of a, a relevant or what you think is a relevant search and you go to a Facebook page and there hasn't been a post there for three years. Yeah, exactly. Um, the first thing you say about that particular brand is, oh, it's a bit neglectful. I, they're not really up to date. I don't think I'll read anything that they've got to say. So it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting one and that, that sort of leads in really to the third area, which um, which is local SEO. And the reason why I've separate, separated that out is what I mean by local SEO is the multiple directory listings that we have now, which includes, you know, the review sites, that, you know, of restaurants and, and other similar similar businesses that can receive reviews and get, and there can be good and bad reputation things to be thinking about there as well. So it's quite a big area in itself. And being properly set up on local SEO, you know, as we've already discussed, impacts how your website ranks and how overall Google sees you as a current brand. With the ratings that people often give, and, and often there's an area where people can rate via, you know, via stars, so two star, three star, four star, five star, and then of course leave a comment. Is Google also searching the number of stars? Or what you're saying is when people provide a comment and feedback about your restaurant or, you know, whatever, you know, retail store, that someone who reads that can change their mind if they read uh, a testimonial that is not very nice about your staff or, or about your business. Absolutely. And Google's actually been looking at this for quite some time. And there was a big change a few years ago with Google Places becoming Google My Business. So that... Ah. Um, they ran that campaign and unfortunately not, not particularly well, mm. which is ironic. Google's not great with marketing their own products. But <laughs> people, I think, were more confused about what Google My Business was. But essentially, when you search a, a business and that that result that comes up on the right-hand side that has the photo and the address that's linked with Google Maps, that's your Google My Business listing and it has, it has its own um, area there for reviews, so people to review your business. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, of course... No, a great number of other other sites um, that, that aren't Google sites and Google does index all of those other directories and it's taken a, a step further now where it actually pulls in some of the results from other the 
other directories and puts it on your Google My Business page. So, for instance, if you've got a, a review on, you know, True Local, you know, or Hot Frog or one of the other ones that's there, it'll give a star rating of, of that other review site on Google in the actual Google My Business box. Google's been collecting and correlating that data for a while, but now it's actually displaying it on your Google page. So it's wow. it's really in your it's really in your face now how important that is. It is, and from a bit from businesses that we know that are listening today, they've got a lot of staff which are managing you know all of this the the the, uh, the local, but also of course the social media sites, and then the people who are creating content. So you can really see that a company has to have a solid strategy that's consistent across um, all of these key areas that you're talking about. Otherwise, you know. You you have one or two staff members who may be inconsistent and as you know someone may be tweeting something that is very much off-brand and, and doesn't align with the values and the purpose of the business it can destroy a reputation of a company overnight if they're not careful oh absolutely and that's one of the things that we've taken on for a few clients some of these um, reviews um, or mm. issues that people have sometimes take us a year oh, to, to readjust I can I imagine mean, not for a year they cost cost people the fortune to get out of their sort of bad situations. Some people end up changing the name of their business, sort yeah. of doing the whole rebrand as a as a as a result. So it, it's to be taken seriously and, and it's to be managed in a way that this is all happening in real time. It, it has, is. you have to have someone checking this regularly. If someone does have a you know have a, have an issue at the cafe, okay, the coffee was burnt or what whatever it might be and unfortunately a lot of these reviews reflect the, the mental uh, disposition of the person writing the review but mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if the actual like business needs to take on that feedback then be there to reply be there to offer offer something to the customer we've helped businesses actually have some good templates or some good ways of responding to to customers and in some cases people have been so impressed that they were reached out to by the business that they've actually then taken the bad review down. And really, I think if um, someone is doing a search, and let's face it, every now and again, as a company, we may just something slips through the gaps. But as you say, it is how we respond to that. And also, if someone's looking and doing a search and can see that there's consistently praise, there's consistent high rankings, you know, the images that are being shared shows a fun, you know, all of those different things, then mm. when something like that happens and uh, it may not negate and require a whole rebrand uh, and whole change of business and that in itself is, is uh, would be huge absolutely huge absolutely and look the same goes for you know the people that you get involved in your marketing as well you have to be very careful who you get on your team mm -hmm. you know, one of the big things I suppose in SEO over the years is, has really been this this idea of so much of it being invisible or at least hard for the client to understand, you know, suddenly they realised that there was 700,000 backlinks to their website that was bought in India somewhere and, mm -hmm. and their site is actually completely taken out of Google altogether. And over the years, sometimes people have to actually build a new website under a new name or a new URL. So I, I can't, like the gravity of, you know, being on the back foot with, with that, I can't sort of stress that enough. Sometimes just one error can require, as you said, well over 12 months of strategies and tactics to turn that around. So be very, very careful. Let's talk about the third area that you wanted to share today about optimised content is queen and links are king. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that was my that was that was my humour a little bit because I hear people saying content is king all the time. Yeah. And look, content obviously is very important. We've covered that a little bit in the call, but links is really the number one. Links is the number one out of those two hundred signals. Links is number one, and content is number two. That's that big trust factor. Being awesome, an awesome brand, having great partners, um, having people link to you is much, much more important than the content. However, of course, without awesome content, they're unlikely to link to you or, or, or without the proper brand marketing strategy behind it. And, and of course, as I say there, you know, the content has to be optimized. It has to have that, that um, you know, those, those title tags and descriptions so that users um, and Google know what the content is about. And I, I read some time ago now, and I'm sure it's still relevant and, and you, you can certainly jump in and, and share some up-to-date things, but for, as a company, if we can write a really good article, it may not necessarily be every week, but imagine if we had a number of key pieces, but then one real key piece that we put a lot of content in and information that we knew was going to be relevant uh, and linked to. That means that when it's found, more people are going to want to link to it. It's to get shared from perhaps other uh, um, websites that are in your particular industry. So it really does validate taking time to build some really key pieces of content that are almost evergreen, if you will, in your particular mm -hmm. industry. And maybe those key pieces, if something changes in the industry, we would be wise to go back and update them or maybe even create a new piece that, that shares some updates. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And look, there was, there was a lot of emphasis when content really emerged as something that Google was looking to. There was a lot, a lot of, a lot said about consistency. But, but as you say, having some meat on the bone. So not just having this sort of 250 word thing that goes up each day. Mm. It's not really good enough now. Our research shows that many of, you know, sort of 90% of those stable first page results have on average, about 1,800 words. Yeah, wow. These are, these are meaty articles um, and that really sort of, you know, get, get into, the, into depth, the depth of a topic. And, and really when we were talking about semantic SEO, that, that makes sense. You know, Google wants that meat on the bone. They want to know that you're going in depth into a particular topic. And they've even, for some of those results, they've even now started showing a little excerpt. If you're, if you're page one, number one, for a result and you manage to get ahead of Wikipedia, they'll show an excerpt, um, this has really just sort of come up in the last few months, an excerpt of your article, um, which makes you stand out big time when, when you don't even pay much attention to the rest of the results on the page. Yeah, amazing. So the, rewards, the rewards are great if you get everything in alignment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am sure we have only covered uh, the surface when it comes to SEO, but thankfully, uh, you certainly can provide a lot more information when we reach out to you and you've got an incredible team, I know, that uh, work alongside you too. So how best can we uh, connect with you, Ian? Probably the best is through, through our website, which we proudly just launched in, the, in sort of the last month and executed everything that we're talking about today. That's a good thing. <laughs> Funnily enough, seems to be harder on your own website than other people's, but, um, but that's that whole being very close to it thing. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the best way to yeah, get in touch with, with myself. I get those emails. I'm not, it doesn't just float out to the team and, and disappear. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be a great way for people to get in touch with me. And I'm happy to, happy to have a look at 
your site and, and run an audit. That's one thing that we do here is we do give give our time to to any uh, inquiries that come in. We don't sort of you know charge an arm and a leg for an audit or anything like that. We're quite happy to give a bit of advice and um, let people make decisions before you know they part with their their hard earned cash. Terrific. Uh, so that would be the best way to get me. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, the the website is madscientist.digital. Madscientist.digital, isn't it? It is. It is. We get a lot of questions about that as well. Where's the dot .com? What happened? <laughs> that must us. Fantastic. Thanks very well, much for having me. Oh, look, thanks so much. Uh, this is a topic I'm sure we could talk about many, many more hours and maybe it's <laughs> going to be for a part two and a, a part three. Who knows? But yeah, anyway, well. thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Henry. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host or if you have an existing business-focused podcast and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know you've got lots of insights from our guest today. Please do reach out and connect with Ian and his team. Now, if you want to connect with Australia's foremost collective of business experts and thought leaders for small to medium-sized enterprises, go to www.ssba.net.au. That's ssba.net.au. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.